In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you? I'm fantastic. Really looking forward to this one. It's going to be a good podcast. Excellent. We've got a special guest on today. Um, we've got Jeff Risden. Jeff, how are you? Good morning, guys. Great to be with you guys and uh, spreading, the, spreading the joy across, across to England. And Jeff, whereabouts are you in the States at the moment? Uh, I live just outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan, so I'm uh, sort of in limbo of the NFC North. I'm I'm halfway between Detroit and Chicago with Green Bay across the water. Okay, cool. So uh, a great person to speak to with potentially the Lions games coming up. Oh yeah, for sure. That's uh, one of the other hats I wear. <laughs> I've got to ask you, uh, Jeff, are you a Buckeyes fan or a Michigan fan? Uh, I am an Ohio State fan. I'm, I'm originally from Northeast Ohio. My dad was a Buckeye, so uh, my allegiance goes there. Although I, I do live in Michigan, and I am married into a Michigan family, so uh, Saturdays in the fall are a little tense around here. Okay, good, good. So it looks like I'm still the only Browns uh, Michigan fan that I know so far. Oh, see, I can find you a ton of those in my hometown. There's the, like where I grew up. Um, in the, the Sandusky-Vermilion area, there's a lot of Michigan fans there. So you're not alone. <laughs> and uh, um, are you a, a Browns or a Lions fan? I am a Lions fan by trade. Um, it's a very long story, uh, and I've gone into it on some other things, but my allegiance is with the Lions. I did grow up you know, in Cleveland. I want the Browns to do well, but I don't have the emotional investment in them that I do with Detroit. So yeah, Jack, just push that, stop that record button. I'm going to get him off the show now, yeah? <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, a bit of English humour. That's all right. Um, and do you watch any um, UK soccer at all? Not really. Um, it's just not, I don't have time for it. My, my, my throw off from uh, when I'm not watching football is basketball. So, Or, or I actually watch a lot of uh, international volleyball, believe it or not. So. Okay, it's different. And yeah. uh, and do you watch uh, MS, MLS at all? Is it? Um, I don't watch it. I have been. I lived in Houston for a time, and I went to a couple of Dynamo games. They were uh, they're fun. So yeah, uh, I'm not opposed to it. It's just not something that's in my my wheelhouse. Okay, good. And uh, tell us, how did you get on uh, following the Browns? Where did that all come from? Um, well, I, I grew up there. I, I was I was a kid during the Cardiac Kids era. I was a big Ozzie Newsome fan. I was a huge Clay Matthews fan when I was a kid. Um, just being being around football. And if you grow up in Northeast Ohio, you're exposed to football quite a bit. Uh, the Indians were terrible. The Cavs were terrible. So um, yeah, you got to go with the Browns there. Um, uh, but, but like I said, you know, I, I grew up far enough to the West where Detroit was also local TV for us. And I just wound up gravitating towards that. Cause I like to be different. Everybody else was a Browns fan. I had to do something different. I wasn't going to root for Pittsburgh. So I went to Detroit. <laughs> okay, good, good. And a question that uh, we like to ask our guests at the moment, um, which person in the Browns organization 
would you like you most like to go for a drink with? You know, not Josh Gordon. First off, um, I, I think the probably the best answer would be Todd Haley because I think I would have a ravishing time with him talking about um, telling bad stories about Scott Pioli because I can't stand Scott Pioli and I know he can't too. <laughs> and uh, why would you not go for a drink with uh, Josh Gordon? Uh, probably wouldn't be so good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, are you a big drinker? I I, I enjoy yeah. I, I I like beer. I like tequila. Vodka, yeah, I like to drink. <laughs> and when you when you say beer, is that like a lager or a IPA or? Oh, I'm all over the place on that. I am currently into um, ales, uh, okay. but I will I will do IPAs. Uh, I like American Pale Ales quite a bit, actually. I like the uh, I like that punch in your mouth that they give you. Jackie, a big uh, pale drinker? No, I'm a cider, cider, and cider. I just I don't mix it up too much. I have a few different ciders, but um. No, it's, it's the apple, apple goodness for me. Jeff, do you drink cider at all? Not often. Uh, I will have it occasionally. It's just I'd, I'd rather go uh, go beer. Okay, good. And uh, here's a tough one for you. What body part are you willing to give up for either the Browns or the Lions to win a Super Bowl? Oh, geez. Um, I would give up, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, I give up my left pinky. And I'll tell you why, because it's deformed from a volleyball injury. Um, it, it hardly works. I can hardly feel it. So uh, it wouldn't be that terrible of a loss. And I, when I type, I, I, I type nine finger. That's that's one that I don't use. So so I'm good with that. And is that for a uh, Browns win or a Lions win? You know what? Honestly, I would I would love to see that Super Bowl would be fantastic. Uh, a good friend of mine has a game bill from the NFL championship in 1954 or 55 where the Browns and the Lions played. Um, he's got it displayed in his office. It's really cool. He's a Lions fan, but uh, it's it's awesome. I, I it would be so rewarding because my family is Browns fans. I live in Lions area. Just the, the everybody would be happy. I don't think there would be a winner or a loser on it. So I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> okay, good. So you you want the Browns to win the next Super Bowl, yeah? Oh, that would be that would be wonderful because uh, I do think they might actually be closer than the Lions. Don't tell the Lions fans that. <laughs> um, I don't think we've got very many Lions fans actually. Interestingly, uh, we have got a guest next uh, week in our studio in London who is from Michigan and he is a Lions fan. So uh, uh, we can, we're going to give him some abuse when we uh, meet with him. <laughs> nice. So, so, Jeff, tell us a little bit more about um, what you uh, do with the Browns and uh, it gives a bit of an insight. That would be amazing. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm the managing editor for the Browns Wire with USA Today. I've been there since uh, we started the day after Christmas of 2016. So I've been rolling through it for a, a full season and, and into the second off season here. Uh, it's It's been fun. Um, my family still lives in Cleveland, so I got to go back to Berea. Uh, I was at camp for four days, uh, checked things out, got into the media room, got to meet, uh, among others, Tony Grossi, which was fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh you know so i i, I uh you know I enjoy getting down there I, I do follow the team very closely uh i've been on all kinds of radio shows in in cleveland and and stay dialed in that way even though i live four hours away okay great and uh, me and jack obviously are based here in london C- can you tell us anything that's different what we see on um the browns website every day in the in the press conferences versus what you see in real life you know i think I think Hugh is very straightforward. He he's not a guy who has a lot of calculation to him, and I okay. think that's good. 
Um, I, I think there's more um, when he when they're in practice. I think he's more intense than than what I think Hard Knox has shown and what I've seen from from the coverage of it. He he does get into players. He's not someone who's like, oh, go take a day off because you're tired. That, that's 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 sort of a misconception that I've picked up on it. He is intense. He will be a hands-on coach more than other coaches I've seen. Um, I've had the pleasure of going to seven training camps for NFL teams in the last four years, and uh, the Browns are it, – it's not any less intense or structured or anything than others. And, and I'll say this. This year, I think they've picked up the pace and the intensity of practice while they're going – um, there's a lot less wasted energy between reps, which is which is kind of nice. Yeah, and you mentioned you've seen uh, quite a few other practice um, practice uh, training sessions across the NFL. Uh, anything that we're doing different to the rest of them? Um, the Browns curse more than any other team I've ever seen. Uh, that, 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 that's that's Todd Haley and Greg Williams for you. Uh, they're uh, uh, not really. I think uh, I think they do tend to do more. Uh, punting than other teams do. Okay. Uh, and, and some of that is, I think, because there is a punting competition this year. There was last year as well. Um, like like in Detroit, as an example, um, they know who their punter is going to be, so he gets most of the reps and they don't really do it. He's off on a side field doing his thing. The Browns do that too, but they also incorporate like a full team special teams drill. And they do they actually do do the, the fire drill where like you know everybody's at different stations. Then all of a sudden, Blow the whistle, rush for special teams to, to you know work on on the the, the hurry up punt, the hurry up field goal formation. They they, they do that just about every practice, which is kind of neat. I, I don't see that all that often. Yeah, I, I must say, Jack doesn't really show on the special teams in the preseason um, too much change from last year. Is that fair? Yeah, it's there's there's not a whole lot going on. I, I was hopeful for. Uh, for, for uh, what's his name, Martin Ross Martin, to to get in, um, he's a, from Solon High School. My wife is a Solon graduate, so I'm rooting okay. for him to to win that job. But uh, Zane Gonzalez has it locked up. Yeah, I'm afraid to say, Jeff, we're a big uh, Zane fan on the show. Well, he's he, you should be. He's a good kicker. He got off to a bad start, and I think that tainted too many people's opinion. I think he is going to be a very good kicker. Jack sitting there in his Chelsea shirt, uh, and Zane's also a Chelsea fan. So um, there you go. <laughs> he ticks a lot of boxes for us, so uh, okay, good. And um, what's your views on um, some of the um, uh, undrafted uh, free agents that we've got in our uh, squad at the moment? You know, the, they're they're in a tough battle because there's been so many draft picks that I think it's tough to uh, for them to crack through. Um, I'm a huge Brogan Roback guy. I have been since he was at Eastern Michigan. Um, I've taken on, he was sort of my Josh Allen for the last draft because he beat Josh Allen twice in college. So I, I, I know he has no chance of making the roster, but I'm still a big, I'm a Broby guy. <laughs> <laughs> there could be a chance if there's an injury. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he, w- I think he would love to be on the practice squad. And, and I think that's, that's a good spot for him. He doesn't get hardly any reps in practice. He didn't play in the third preseason game. I'm hoping that we see him in Detroit this coming week. Fourth preseason game. He's a Toledo native, so he sort of spans the the range of of Browns and and Lions there. So I, I'm hopeful that he will get get a good run in that and and show well for himself because he he really does have intriguing tools. Uh, he just needs a little bit more uh, polish and uh, a little less swagger. 
What sort of the views from you on Desmond Harrison? I think I'd be surprised if he doesn't make the roster purely because even though he's not going to be a producer, the depth on sort of second team O-lines around the league is so poor that if he has a chance of making it in the future, you can't risk him on the practice squad. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of his. I think he's um, he, he's got to get stronger. He's, he's negligible in the run game right now. But that's not what you are paying your left tackle for. And he, he needs to be the backup left tackle. I've seen Greg Robinson. I've covered Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson is not a guy you want protecting Baker Mayfield or Tyrod Taylor. That's just not something that's – I know he's been good in the preseason. I don't count on that happening in the regular season at all. So, yeah, if you've got a developmental guy – if you can get Harrison up over 300 pounds and, and get him a little bit more strength in his legs, there, there's something to work with there. So, yeah, I, I do think he's probably probably the best bet to make it of, of any of the undrafted free agents. And I wouldn't have said that going in. I would have thought that um, – I'm a big fan of C.J. Board. Um, I know he's not a rookie, but he was, he's, was around last year. Uh, I, and I think he's played well, but I don't think he has a shot at, at making the, the 53, unfortunately. You really don't think he's going to make the 53? He's got it. I think his role would be as as the return man, but I think Peppers has that locked up, and I think there's too many other guys that can do what he does. Um, and and with Gordon coming back, that that's another wide receiver spot taken out. Um, he, I, I actually thought going into the last game, I thought he and Damian Ratley were fairly on the same level, and I thought Ratley played really well. So uh, that that's not a bad thing. He's a draft pick. They have more invested in that, and I think that that would probably be the, the direction they would go. And what about uh, the other wide receiver? What's he called? Uh, Derek uh, Willies? Derek Willies. He gets a lot of action for being a guy who doesn't really do a lot with it. It would be my take on him. Yeah. I can see CJ Board getting a, maybe a final roster if there's an injury in the next game. But, yeah, I don't see um, Willies getting it. No. That's, he, he's, I mean, he's shown that he, he probably belongs on the practice squad. Uh, and and again, for an undrafted rookie on a team with this much young talent, that's 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 something to hang your hat on. Um, someone that's getting a lot of talk at the moment is uh, McKinnon. Oh, Jeremiah McKinnon, he was fantastic the other game. He actually made my list of uh, of studs and duds for the studs, which was wonderful. Uh, he's been around for a long time. I think the, the Browns are, I believe, for his sixth team uh, since the beginning of the 2016 season. He's, he's played well. Um, again, he's in a numbers game. Um, there's another guy, Denzel Rice, um, who I covered with the Texans briefly. He's a guy who's also played really well this preseason. They have some undrafted and, and street-free agent corners that are that belong in the NFL. They just There might not be room for them in Cleveland. So it, it's great that they're finding these guys, um, and it, it shows John Dorsey's attention to talent there. Can you see either Denzel or McKinnon uh, kicking out Simon Tonus, for example? Yeah, that's that's a good question, actually. Uh, I'm not a huge Thomas fan. Uh, I, I think he's too tall and upright. I think you saw in the in the Eagles game, he's got a holding issue. Uh, he, he, he's a grabber. He's not strong at all. He's six foot three, 180 pounds, and in person, he looks bigger and slighter than that. Yeah. So I, I, I think he's destined for the practice squad as well. Um, sort of a ponderous <laughs> draft pick to me, um, a guy who – wasn't all that great in college and then got thrown out of college for some off-field stuff. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But I, I would definitely take Rice uh, and McKinnon, especially McKinnon after the last game, for what they've done all summer and for what they offer in the future. Our first show before Hard Knocks dropped, I turned to Paul and I said, 
Devon Kajus might just make this roster. And then, obviously, since then, it's gone crazy. Absolutely wild. And there's sort of that option of most teams would take six wide receivers, but it used to be a wide receiver that's now a tight end. Could you see him sneaking on there, maybe five wide receivers and a fourth tight end? I do, um, but I also think his path is that I think Seth DeVal is going to go on injured reserve uh, because he hasn't practiced forever. Um, that, that's just my prediction. That's not you know any inside information there. That's just my guess, but I think that's Kajus' role and how he gets on the team. I, do, I, I will have him on my final 53-man roster, and I hope the Browns do too. He's a fun story. Um, it's funny because when he played at Stanford, I didn't really like his game all that much. But he's much better playing at tight end than he was at wide receiver. It, it, it plays to what he does well. I love that, Jeff. A real hot take there. You've called it. <laughs> We're going to hold you to it when the roster gets uh, taken down. That's one of those where you remember it when I'm right and you forget it when I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else that's taking um, your uh, fancy, uh, uh, Jeff? You know, I do like Marcel Frazier. Uh, the pass rusher that they got, uh, he was initially a Seahawk uh, for like a weekend. Uh, I, I think he's got a shot to stick around in the practice squad. I don't think he's going to make the final 53, but there's a guy. Uh, I actually got to interview him down at the Shrine game last year. Very hungry young man uh, who has some pass rush moves, was was very good at He actually sacked Baker Mayfield twice in college, so he's got that going for him. Okay. Uh, Jack, anyone else that you've got your eye on? It's not so much does he make the roster, but it's where he makes the roster. Will Avery come in as sort of the fifth defensive, fourth or fifth defensive end, or will he be the fifth linebacker in the team? Because the more I see him get played, even though he's standing up, he's basically a defensive end for us at the moment. Yeah, he is. And that, that's a very good question. Uh, and I think they're still struggling on where he goes. And I think that's why he's he's played some defensive end there. I think, I, first off, I would love him in a 3-4 defense um, in Detroit. would be nice. Uh, but but he, he's shown that he's he can do what the Browns have asked him. He cannot go backwards. And I think that's going to probably condemn him to playing defensive end um, at a very deep position because I think I – think, uh, not Nate Orchard, but uh, Carl Nassib has played quite well in the preseason and has shown growth there. So I think he's going to be that that fourth or fifth defensive end more than he is at linebacker. And unfortunately, he's hurt right now. Uh, probably will be back for the season opener, but you don't know. Um, he's he's one of those guys, he's so tightly wound muscularly that uh, it's going to be one of those deals where if he's not 100% right, I, I think he, he really diminishes what he can do on the field and He's fun, and I'm, I'm happy that he's in Cleveland because he's, he's a good player. Um, just like like you said in your question, and, and like the Browns are doing and playing him in both, I don't think they know quite what they have yet. I think we've got great talent there. I'm Jack Jack says, is he going to make the roster? 100% he's on the roster. I mean, you know, he makes the roster. It's just what position. And uh, I, I think it will be fascinating going forward. He is one to watch. Just not, does he make it? Where's he make it? Because uh, right. he's going to be in the linebacker room or he's going to be in the defensive end room. No one knows which one. Yeah, does he push off Nate Orchard or does he push off Justin Curry? That's that's sort of the question of, of who he's beating out. And that'll, that'll be something fun to watch over the next week. Well, guys, Jack, have you got a pen and paper? This is my uh, prediction for the 10 practice squads. I don't think any other podcast has done this yet. I'm going to go with Denzel Rice, CJ Board, uh, Delario, if I said it correct, Jay Coverin, Henderson, Jermaine Grace, Matthew Days, Anthony Fabio, uh, your man Caduce, Jeremy Falk, 
and um, McKinnon. They're my 10 names I'm calling now that are going to be on the practice squad. And I reckon I'm going to be 7 out of 10 of them correct. I think that's fair. I uh, I actually think that, and, and one of the problems is, is that, that we're, or you're constricting here to who's on the roster right now. I think they're going to get some guys from other places. Uh, and, I, and I do think that a couple of those guys, if they do get, I think Denzel Rice will wind up getting claimed by somebody else if if the Browns let him go. He, he's too good. He's got NFL experience. He actually started a couple of games, didn't play well in those games, but he's he's got that experience. I think he would wind up at a place that needs him more. Um I'm going to put Simeon Thomas in there in that place. And I, I think uh, I'm, I'm rooting honestly uh, for Brady Sheldon, who's um, out here in West Michigan. He's a locally went to Ferris state. He's a very tall linebacker kind of played defensive end in college, trying to play off ball linebacker. I'd like to see what they have in him. Cause I think he can develop into, if nothing else, a special teams ace. So I hope he sticks. I don't think he will, but I'm, I'm hopeful for it. He did stick in Oakland last year. Um, so there, there, there's one of my practice squad differences from you. I, I don't think Zaykoven Henderson's going to make it. That's that's my pick. Jack, any views? Um, I think it's an interesting list. I think hopefully this will be the last year we have waiver spot one. So um, we'll use it for the most we can because players will get cut and let's just jump on anyone that they think is going to have talent. So I think probably three, four, five of those that end up making the practice squad aren't even on the Browns 90 at the moment. Um, I think Rice might sneak in as sort of our free safety two if they count BBC on the uh, Ross, uh, in the cornerback room. So I think it's going to be really hard. I'm struggling to predict the 53, let alone the 10 practice squad uh, people. <laughs> so uh, one step yeah, at a time those, for me. Those final two or three spots in the on the 53 are going to be... We're going to have a lot of variation on those in the next week um, when we all do our predictions, um, which mine will be up probably Wednesday, hopefully. <laughs> and, and Jeff, I don't want to do, go into too much detail because you've obviously got your piece to write, but where do you see the main battles for yourself? Um, uh, one of them I just talked about with uh, Orchard, Curry, and Avery. Um, and I do think, uh, like I said, Avery gets in. It's who does he push off? Does he push off Justin Curry, who I like, um, or Nate Orchard? who just hasn't really done it for me. Um, I, I think the backup wide receivers, is it bored? Uh, does Ratley get in? And I, I think he does. Um, what happens with backup running back? Um, do they keep three? Do they keep four? Where, where does Days fit in that? Is Dave Vitale going to be healthy? Is that, uh, you know, because he hasn't practiced in forever as well with the valve. And uh, what do you do with, with DeValve and, and Vitale? Because they play somewhat limited roles. They have a role that could be taken by one other guy if if both of them are not as a sort of fullback, tight end, H-back type thing. Um, and finding that guy, and that guy might not be even be in Cleveland right now. So that's that, that's where I'm at with the big battles. I think there's a uh, one. It's my hot take going into uh, you had DeValve on uh, injury reserve. My hot take is going to be we don't have a fullback. Um, Darren Fells will be used as the fullback if we need him and we'll use that spot for something else and I think even though I really like DeValve I don't know where he lies because it's that sort of playing in the slot as a tight end and if you've got Landry playing every snap potentially in the slot is there as much position for that so it'll be interesting I think I'd keep him because I think there is still fantastic talent there but it's going to be interesting because 
I think Vitali probably getting moved just because he hasn't been there pre-season and I don't think we really need a fullback as part. Yeah, he can make the 53, but is he going to make the match day squad? Uh, I don't know. All right, excellent. And um, Jeff, um, and you've watched the last three um, three preseason games. What's your views on them? You know, I, I, I first off, the the talent level for a team coming off of an zero sixteen record is is staggering. I covered the winless Lions, uh, and and watching them in the next year year and a half after that, they they were struggling to get thirty guys who belonged on an NFL roster on that team. And this Browns team is going to cut players that are going to get signed and play on other teams. Um, so that, that doesn't necessarily speak well of Hugh Jackson and his coaching last year, but you know maybe, maybe Todd Haley will, will help out in that. I, I'm the, the 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 potential with the talent with guys like Miles Garrett, who's just phenomenal. Um, seeing him up and close, um, I actually was at training camp and, and we were on the sidelines doing a. And they were doing drills, and he came, and he almost stepped on my foot. And I'm like, please, step on my foot. So I have you know, some memory of, of contact with you because uh, he's, he's just a physical marvel. Um, and, and seeing how well Jarvis Landry has done, um, I watched Kenny Britt last year, and I watched him as the alleged veteran mentor. And, and seeing the difference between what he does and what Jarvis Landry does, you know, going to the young guys between reps, telling them what they need to do better or, or giving his advice on what he saw from defense and Tyrod Taylor does this too on just about every rep the leadership is so different and that's, that's going to make a huge impact I, I think I don't, I don't that's my, that's my overwhelming takeaway from from seeing them in practice and, and watching the preseason this is a much more mature stable and professional football team thank you Jeff yeah um, I'm quite excited about the new season we've got so much talent Oh yeah, there, there's a lot. I, I, I haven't come up with my final prediction for record yet, but I, this is not a last place team in the AFC North. There, there are, there are, I it, with Baltimore with the injuries and suspensions of the way they have, they're precarious. And Cincinnati, I, I, I happen to be a Marvin Lewis fan. I like Marvin Lewis a lot. Um, I don't know why he's still employed, though, and I think this year might be answering that, especially if they wind up being below Cleveland, because uh, there is going to be a stigma. Uh, and this is one thing that I think, when when you're when you're projecting for the Browns, there really is other teams are going to be like, we don't want to lose to the Browns. Come on, that, that that negativity is still there. You can still sense it, and uh, that that's something that they're going to have to overcome. But again, that's that's where that leadership comes in, and I think that'll help. Okay, great. Uh, thanks. And uh, what's your views on the Browns' uh, fantasy outlook? Oh, now see, you say this is I'm, I'm going to a fantasy draft in about two hours. So um, the the guy I want, I, if you're a PPR guy, you got to have Jarvis Landry. He's going to get 150. Uh, I'm, I'm avoiding Josh Gordon. I just don't trust him. I don't trust him to stay on the field for 16 games, be it, you know, mental issues, um, physical issues. He's, he's down with a hamstring right now. Uh, I, I can't invest in that. The running backs are tough because Duke Johnson, Nick Chubb, Carlos Hyde, they're all really good. I think they're going to parasite off each other, and I think it could be one of those where they ride the hot hand a little bit. Although what, what I've seen from Hyde in preseason, that guy's 
he's a starter and he's a very worthy starter. And it's, it's interesting that they have the kind of depth that they do. I think for fantasy purposes, it sort of hurts Duke Johnson, who's probably the most talented guy overall, but I, I don't see where he's going to get the opportunities to help your fantasy team all that much. And defense Brown's defense is going to be one. They're going to give up some big plays, but they're going to get a lot of sacks and they're going to force a lot of turnovers. And that that's, that's fantasy points. So I, I would move them up higher than what I've seen them in most fantasy rankings. Uh, any if you if you do you play a ten man league or? Um, uh, uh, we're I'm in a we're actually twelve. So. Twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I do it with um, a group group of volleyball people that I'm with, so I can take advantage of some of them not watching much football and being attracted. There's one guy. Um, he's a huge Detroit Lions and Denver Broncos fan, so he his team will be all Broncos and Lions if he can help it. Yeah. You gotta I take advantage prefer- of those guys. <laughs> I went with uh, Crowell last year and I got quite burnt, so uh, I'm, I'm making no emotional Browns uh, picks this year. I'm heavy in uh, just on a dynasty draft last week, so I went Chubb late on. I saw the value there as someone that's going to take the role moving forward. Um, I grabbed Callaway really, really late. Of He's probably going to get suspended and out of the league by the time I get to play him, but it might just work <laughs> out. And the other one is I traded for David Njoku. Um, I had OJ Howard, but I wanted Njoku. So um, I dumped Rod Smith as a uh, handcuff to the Zeke and picked up a second round pick as well for next year. So a bit of trading back and an upgrade there. So uh, I think Njoku is, if you're in Dynasty, go out and get him. Whatever it takes, just trade for the man. I've got Kelsey as my starter. Njoku as my backup. I think there's going to be weeks uh, next season where I'm playing at least two tight ends. Oh, I, I'm not opposed to Njoku at all. I'm I'm hopeful that he will become what what he thinks he can be. <laughs> We're gonna start with some no love. All right, great. Moving on. What are your predictions uh, for the next year, Jeff? How many uh, Browns wins do you think we'll get? You know, um, I, I see at least five, uh, and I think I do think they're going to win the opener with uh, against Pittsburgh. I think that's something that that is. Uh, I, I think that's a big marquee game, and I think they're looking forward to it. And I think Pittsburgh is sort of like, yeah, okay. So I'm good with that. I, I'm going to put them down. The the Vegas over under moved up to five point five. And that, that's a tough number for me, um, just because I still don't fully trust the coaching staff. There's a whole lot of young, moving parts. I'm, I'm going to stick at five, but but six, seven, even eight would not surprise me at all. Yeah, great. I think that's a common trend now, isn't it, Jack, on the show? Five wins, and we're going to beat the Steelers in the first game. Well, it's a win for both of us. I went five games, you went beating the Steelers in the first game. I think everyone just listens to the podcast and tries to please each of us equally. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Um, it, Jeff, here's more of a tough one for you. How many full quarters do you think Mayfield will play? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think I don't think we're going to see him if Tyrod is healthy until November at the earliest. Um, he might get a mop up here or there. Full, uh, let's see how many quarters are in a game. There's four. I'm, I'm terrible at math. Forgive me what's in my head. Um, I'll say 11. Okay. All yeah. late in the year, too. 
that's similar to myself. Um, who do you think the Browns Rookie of the Year will be? I, I want an opportunity. I, I think Austin Corbett will. He might not be the the recognized one, but I think he will be the best rookie. Um, I'm I'm still very high on him. I've I've liked, not loved what I've seen from him in the preseason at left guard. He's playing a new position. They keep changing the guy next to him. Um, there's a lot of hardship going on there. I think once there's some stability there, I think Austin Corbett's going to wind up being the man. Jack, you had some real question marks about that draft pick, didn't you? Yeah, I just I didn't understand it because obviously the weakness was tackle, and if they did view Corbett as the come in and star, why wasn't Batonio moved straight out there? It just doesn't seem to make sense. Um, as well with there was no real way to get rid of Zeitler for another two years unless you trade him on, which is a possibility. Um, so I just looked at the move when it first happened and went. We're not quite at that point of a franchise where every starter is locked in and sort of top 16 team quality. Let's build for depth. So I thought it was just a bit rash. But um, if it does, it might work out. He's, I didn't deny he's a talented player. I just like, do we really need a guard in that draft? Yeah. See, my thought, I thought when they drafted him, he was going to be the successor to Joe Thomas at left tackle. And the, the way they've handled the left tackle situation... Like you said, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna put Batonio out there, move him there right away and, and get it established. And the, the way that they've sort of pussyfooted around it has been weird to watch. Um, and it's it's another reason why I cannot fully get behind this team being a playoff team with Hugh Jackson as their coach because there's just it's, it's little things like that where it doesn't seem like he sees the big picture beyond what's coming the next week. Um, that's that's a concern for me, but I, I really, really do like Austin Corp. He was he was in my top twenty-five overall players in the draft, and I think he's going to be a very good one. Okay, excellent. Uh, while we're talking about Hugh Jackson, um, how many games do you think he's got to survive? I think he needs to win five, and I don't think he can start worse than zero and four. I think if they're zero and four, I think he's gone because Greg Williams is a former head coach. Todd Haley is a former head coach. He got built-in interim coaches right there. Uh, and, and Al Saunders, for that matter, too. There, there's just too much negativity there that if he's got to get off to a good start. If, if they're if they're two and two, three and three, I think he lasts the full season, uh, just because I think that shows enough progress. It shows that the team has bought into some of what he's saying. And Hugh's not a bad guy, and I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he was a bad coach for a team that he got with, and I don't think. That he saw eye to eye with Sashi Brown, I think that's pretty glaringly obvious. Give him a chance to see if he can see eye to eye with with John Dorsey, and I, I, I think so far they 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 are kind of more in step than what I think a lot of people would would expect to be. So I, it would surprise me if he gets fired if they're if they're winning early. Um, but if if they're zero and four, if they're one and six, then I, I don't think he lasts the year. Jack, have you got any questions to finish up on? Um, I've just won. I've put lots of varies there. A very, very, very hot take for the Browns this season. Very, very hot take. Uh, um, see, I don't want to go negative on this. Um, I will say, I think um, Miles Garrett. I don't think he'll lead the league in sacks, but I'm, I'm guessing he'll get close fifteen sacks. And I think Emmanuel Ogba on the other side will get ten. And that Browns defensive front is going to, I don't know if they'll lead the league in sacks because I think the Chargers probably will, but they're going to be top three in sacks. 
and that's that's going to make Greg Williams very happy. It'll make me very happy. I love love Miles Garrett. Yeah, I love that guy. Oh, excellent! Thanks a lot for that, Jeff. Jeff, anything you want? My pleasure, guys. Um. So, do you guys get when uh, being in England? I know there are Browns fans everywhere. Um, is there like a Browns backer bar that you guys go to watch the games, or, or do you do it from the comfort of your home? Yeah. So, um, in London, where we're based, uh, there is a huge casino, and on um, game day, it shows every single NFL game. So, so oh, what cool. happens is we've got you'll have 15, 20 Browns fans, 15, 20 Steelers fans, uh, Bengals fans, Eagles fans, the whole bunch all in one building uh, on a Sunday afternoon. And it is a great, great uh, atmosphere. Is it like adversarial or do you all get along fairly well? Um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, in, um, it's in good banter. It's not like uh, English okay. soccer. Where everyone will be <laughs> throwing bottles at each other, so um, yeah, it's quite respectful, but um, it can get heated. Maybe once every two or three weeks, maybe there's a, two fans will go at each other, but otherwise, it's um, it's it's all in good faith. Yeah, that's fascinating. My my dad is a Browns fan. He uh, he went to Australia on a trip and wore a Browns uh, golf shirt. On, on one of their expeditions in the Outback. And, and he had a couple of people there who were like, we're Browns fans too. We, we love the Browns. You know, it's it's weird how how a team that hasn't had success in so long has such a huge and loyal and devoted overseas following. It, it's, it's amazing to me. It's cool. You know, Jeff, cool. One, of, one of the things I would like to do if I had a bit more time would be to try and map all the uh, non-UK, non-US Browns fans and pull it all onto one huge map. So if anyone went traveling, everyone could meet everyone. Like so, uh, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be very, very cool. I know, I know, um, because I I interviewed them, or they interviewed. I, there's a there's a Browns backer club in Istanbul, Turkey. Um, I, I was on their cast one time many years ago, okay, cool. uh, and they they said they get fifty to fifty to hundred people there every Sunday, which is great in Turkey. Jack, weekend away to Turkey? Uh, probably not. There's too many bad football stories about people getting stabbed in Turkey. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that one a miss. Um, but maybe somewhere else. <laughs> Spain would be nice, Jack, yeah? That'll do. All right, guys. Thank you so much, both of your times today. Um, Jeff, where can we find your, your details? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am on Twitter at Jeff Risden. That's R-I-S-D-O-N. Uh, I am the managing editor for the Browns Wire. Uh, I put up, um, I'm technically required to put up five things a day. Uh, usually there's more than that on Browns Wire at USA Today. Uh, I also write for Real GM. If you want a more uh, broad NFL picture, I do that uh, for Real GM football. Football. Uh, obviously so um i i'm the managing editor for the lions wire as well i'm on the radio in west michigan primarily talking lions and, and american college football um uh, a lot of michigan michigan state stuff if, if you're into that uh and that's uh that's probably the best way to get me is on twitter and i try to be as interactive as possible um it's hard but uh i, I, I am surgically attached to my phone so so there you go 
And uh, Jack, where can we find your details? I'm at Jack Duffin, J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. And uh, where are we finding you, Paul? It's uh, Paul Brown underscore UK. Very easy. All right, guys. Go Browns. Let's do this. Heck yeah, go Browns.